You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Good morning. This is Father Brian Christensen, and I'm with Karen Gibas here, high atop the Cathedral of Our Lady <laughs> of Perpetual Help, second story. Uh, and we're on Real Presence Live. Thanks for joining us. It's great to have you with us, whether you're uh, doing a little uh, errands around the house, um, driving in the car, listening at uh, work, don't tell your boss. Um, or maybe tell your boss. Or maybe tell your boss. That would be good. Hey, have you heard this great show, right? Yeah, Here, so. here's the podcast Replay on Saturday. You should catch this. You'll enjoy the conversation. Father replay Brian. on Saturday. Yeah. Wow. We get to replay. We get reboot. To, yeah. Right. It's the re. It's the re-reviewer. Re-review. You can <laughs> review the conversation Father Brian and I had earlier, and then share the beautiful conversation. I know that is coming up. Oh yeah. Right. Um. So <laughs> we're joined in our studio here at the cathedral. Um, by Shauna Hansen. Good morning. Good morning, Father. How are you today? I am well. Happy Easter. Happy Easter to you, too. <laughs> um, you have been involved in um, faith formation for, for several years. A while. For a while. Um, <laughs> a marriage ministry, engagement ministry, and a, a host of other things, a stewardship, and just a host of other things across the parishes and the diocese. Um, but um, today we're going to hear talk to you a little bit about what you've developed in uh, your scripture studies. H- how did that all start for you? Yeah, I love, I'm so glad you asked that question because I love to tell the story of why I lead Bible studies. So I lead three in the area um, at three different parishes each week. And what we study is the Sunday readings coming up for the upcoming Sunday. So this all started for me way back in 1990 when I moved to Rapid City and I was a young mom, uh, just new to town, didn't know anyone showed up at this mother's Bible study at Blessed Sacrament. Okay. Led by Peg Schneller. And uh, I went there thinking I was going to meet people, right? God put me there to draw him closer to his heart in a big way, mm-hmm. you know? So that Bible study was just really transformative for me. I, I found a community of people that supported me in my faith. I learned so much about the scriptures, you know, that I had no idea that they are a treasure. Like there's a treasure there that you don't know about until somebody digs into it with you, right? Mm. And then uh, Peg also did a beautiful job of, of gently teaching us the truth of the faith and also how to live the liturgical life in our families. So, so that experience was just really transformative for me and for a lot of other people. At that time, you, I mean, you said you were a young mom. How many, uh-huh. Tell us about your family a little bit. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. So Brett and I have been married for, we'll be 34 years next month. Nice. We have five grown children um, living in three states <laughs> <laughs> and uh, three grandkids and uh, two, I hope, that are soon to come into the family. So our oldest daughter is engaged to a man who has two kids. And so we're, oh, we're okay. looking forward to welcoming them officially soon. So, nice. yeah. But as a, as a young mom, you took some time out to do a Bible study. I know. Look well, at some community. Or- yep, looking for community. And I was blessed because I was home with my kids full time, mm-hmm. which I know not everyone has the opportunity to do, but I did. And we sacrificed a lot of financials, you know, to do that, but right. I don't regret one minute of it. So, sure, sure. so, so grateful for that. So anyway, we fast forward to 2012, 2012, Peg passed away from a lo- after a long battle with cancer. And I was in the, it was at Blessed Sacrament at her funeral and looking around at the church and how many people's lives she had touched. It Mm -hmm. was a full church. Mm -hmm. 
And I felt clearer than I've ever heard this call. Like, her ministry should not end. I Will you take it up? It was there will, at that at that. At mass, the funeral. At the funeral mass. Yeah. Wow. Will oh. you take it up? And I and I was just overwhelmed. Like, one, like, yes, absolutely. I can see, you know, that this is what God's asking from me. But also, like, I didn't feel very qualified to step into those shoes. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, at that time, you've been doing it for... I haven't been doing a Bible study at all. I mean, I had... No, but oh, you've been attending... Well, I had stopped attending probably. Oh, okay. I mean, but I had attended for a, num- a good a number, number of years. years. A okay. good number of years. Yeah, but she had retired. They had moved to Custer. Right. Yeah, so... Um, Anyway, so uh, so I started my first Bible study that November, right here at the cathedral um, for moms, and during the morning. But it wasn't very long before Linda Baldwin, who was working on, in faith formation on the staff, had asked me to do Wednesday nights too. So I started doing Wednesday nights, and then was invited to do it. We live at east of town, so I was invited to do it for the community at St. John's in New Underwood. And then uh, then Katie Harwood at Piedmont called me and said, hey, would you want to do a Bible study for us? I said, ah, what the heck? Like, you know, one one prep, three classes, you know. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> so, uh, so that's kind of how it, it all started, and I just love it. It's such a grace. Um, and it's really fun to do three a week because, uh, the uh, you know, the people are so different, you know. Mm-hmm. And so what, what strikes one one group is not going to strike another, you know, and it's just, I don't know, it's just fun to see. Yeah, and you know, I just, you have just, it's the, you already know what you're going to choose for the study. Right, right. What the church chooses. Right. What the church chooses. Yeah, so. right. Well, and the beautiful thing about that for people who come, you know, many people tell me it's like a two for one deal. Because like they come on Wednesday nights or Tuesday nights or Thursday nights, whenever, and, and they, uh. And they learn and, and they grow, you know, to know one another better and they get into the scriptures and they love that. And then they come to Mass on Sunday mm-hmm. and Mass means so much more to them because they've looked at the readings ahead of time and they're like, yeah, I remember that. Or, yeah, that, now Father's saying exactly what Shauna said or, uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. or whatever. So so they, they say it's a two-for-one deal. That's <laughs> <laughs> No, that's good. And it's also it's also really it's one of those shallow you were talking about shallow entry points, right? Mm-hmm. It's really a shallow entry point for people because it's a little bit from a lot of different books of the Bible, right? So if you don't know anything about the Bible, it's a great place to start. You know, you're not going to dig really deep into one book and you know, it, there's no if you have to miss a week, you know, you're out of town or whatever, it's fine. You're never behind. It's not right? like you're going to fail the test. No, it's not. And it's not like you're going to miss last week, so you're not yeah. going to know what's going on this week. Because every week, you know, we have this different yeah. set of readings from the church. And um, and then, you know, the church gives you a good sense of um, of the whole story of salvation. That's where her goal is, right? Yeah. But But here's the thing I tell people. The church presumes we're coming to Mass knowing the story. Right, we know the context of these little bits of scripture. We know where they come from, who wrote them, when it was written, all that stuff. People don't know that, right? Yeah. So it's such a grace for uh, them to come together to study ahead of time and to get a sense of the story, so that then they get what what the church intends to give them in the mass. Yeah, no, that's very true. I think you know if the first time that you're hearing the scripture for Sunday is at the Sunday mass. Um, it's a challenge for sure. There's a lot coming at you in a very short period of time. Even with the best of lectors and the best of sound systems, you the still miss is, a lot. Yeah, the church is pouring out yeah. in her scriptures a lot. Right, and yeah. I say, and I say, you know, 
cut father some slack. He's got 10 minutes, <laughs> right, max in his homily to tell you all this. We, we take an hour, an hour yeah. and a half, you know, to, to break open the word in these three readings. And we could do more. Sure. So, sure. father, he's got 10 minutes. Sometimes we play this game. What do you think Father's going to preach? What do you preach? think Father's oh, going to preach? Uh, you know, so how, how often do you guys kind of nail it? Yeah, right? well, what you do know, you think? depends on the pastor, I'll depends tell you. Depends on the pastor. <laughs> for, a while, for a while when Father Nathan Sparks was here, like yes. he and I were thinking alike. I don't okay. know, like I'd be, I'd be guessing right a lot. I was uh-huh. shocked. And then other times we're like, mm, well, I didn't take that in, but that's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's very true. That's very interesting because there is that challenge. There's kind of the theme that you can see that the church is working towards but right. what, what aspect and how does the priest pick up on that? Um, what have been some of the the kind of the, I guess, graced moments through these years for you um, mm-hmm. in in your Bible studies? What are some of the fruits that you've encountered in people's lives or the way that God's working? Yeah, there's so many. I don't even know where to start. But in general, right, the biggest grace is when you see like the light bulbs go on in people's minds and they're like, oh, my gosh. Like the Lord, really, you know, (laughs) and you know, you just, you can take nothing for granted, right? So I have this older participant in one of my studies and she's faithful, faithful in the church. You know, she's the one who's there turning on the lights and she's, you know, she's always there. But uh, she said to me just this year, because I've really been encouraging people to listen to Bible in a year with Father Mm -hmm. Mike Schmitz, you know, I've really been pushing that in my Bible study. So a lot of people are. So we come together and we talk about, oh, what Father Mike say this week? And she goes, uh, so a few weeks ago, she's like, I never realized the bow is a rainbow in the story of Noah. Wow, yeah. You know, and you're like, you can't take anything for granted. Well, this woman, although she's faithful now, she didn't grow up in a church at all. So she Mm. didn't hear those Bible stories as a child. And so those little things that you just can never take anything for granted, right? About what people know, what they don't know, or how the Lord's going to touch them. Um, and I just love to, I also love to watch people come to know one another. It's a really good place mm-hmm. to build community and trust and, you know, begin to trust in the, one another enough to share what the Lord's doing in their lives or where they're struggling or what questions they have, you know, and as they, they sort of build that trust, then mm-hmm. they'll, then they'll mm-hmm. start asking questions, asking the hard questions that they think they're the only ones who have, but everybody in the room probably has, has the, the same, same question. question. <laughs> I run into yeah. that with my confirmation was students. Somebody, yeah. Will somebody else ask that? Yeah, right. exactly. yeah. I don't want to yeah. seem dumb, but can right. I say blah, blah, blah? I'm like, yeah, no, no, no dumb questions. No, no dumb questions, dumb questions exactly. in this room, you know? <laughs> and the other thing that I love is people enjoy themselves. We laugh a lot, you know, and we can just take... You know, sometimes the scriptures are fun. They're just yeah, fun. No, the definitely. stories are yeah. fun. They're real people. Um, yeah, so it's, it's good. Tell me a little bit, like, uh, how do you kind of prepare for this? Like, how do you, I, I think leading small groups and getting people to discuss things and getting through the, the scriptures on the Sunday, like, how do you? Right. How do you attack How this? Do you do? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good question. A lot of prayer, the Holy Spirit. Oh gosh, what am I supposed to do? Um, so I I start by I start by reading them. Obviously, read the Sunday readings, and then I have some really good commentaries I start to look at. So. I look at, I don't know, three, four, five, probably commentaries that kind of break open the word for me. And I read through all of those. And then I'm just kind of, I just kind of mull over, you know, like, what am I going to pull out? What really strikes me? I take some notes. Um, and then, um, and then I always try to look at what's going on in the liturgical year too. And like I pick out a saint or pick out the season or something. I just want to start with something like that. I try to draw people into the liturgical year too, mm-hmm. not just the readings, but the life of the church and, 
Saint stories are wonderful. I mean, mm-hmm. everyone loves a good story, and there's so many to choose from, so people enjoy that. So I usually start with a saint story. And then the last thing I try to do is like, okay, so how, Lord, how do you want me to try to draw them into the story here? You know, how, how can I, what question can I ask? Um, what can I try to, to pose to the group, right, that's going to help them to to know that the scriptures are alive and God's speaking through you today, you know, through the scriptures. He wants to say something to you in your life. And so I just try to just pray through, you know, how can I do that? And, you know, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't because I'm sure I'm not always listening <laughs> as closely as I should. Oh, no, it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. No, thanks for sharing. I think that's good for all of our listeners to hear and uh, to kind of contemplate how they enter into the scriptures or maybe enter into their own Bible studies. So uh, we're going to take a break here, Karen. Yeah, we are. And we'll be right back on Real Presence Live from Rapid City, South Dakota. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. As a working Catholic professional, your needs and priorities for returning to college don't match a traditional campus experience. That's why the University of Mary has created a portfolio of truly affordable, truly flexible, and truly formative online graduate programs that are sure to align with today's needs. Advance your skills while strengthening your faith at the University of Mary. Visit us at catholicprofessional.life. That's dot L-I-F-E. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Do you want to make sure Real Presence Radio continues to receive your support in perpetuity? This can now be accomplished by establishing an individual endowment account in your name with a minimum gift of $10,000. A distribution will be made annually in your name to assure future generations will continue to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ through the mission of Real Presence Radio. To learn more about establishing an individual endowment for Real Presence Radio, a gift which will last in perpetuity, please call me, Mike Kidrowski, at 701-290-4503. State tax credits may apply in some states. Let's get started. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Good morning. This is Father Brian Christensen. I'm here with Karen Gibis at the Cathedral of Our Lady of Perpetual Help in the Black Hills of South Dakota on this snowy, snowy. April morning. How can oh. we make it through the entire winter, always get sunshine when we broadcast, and we make it to April and it's snowing? 
this is South Dakota. <laughs> and our listeners across uh, Real Presence Radio Network here, I'm sure they are very familiar with the changing of weather Brother. in their own local community, but certainly here in the Black Hills, uh, called the Banana Belt, right? Yeah. Uh, of the Dakotas. Yeah. Uh, it's usually a little bit warmer and a little bit sunnier than most places. Um, I don't, We used to be the sunshine state. state. Yeah. Until not too long ago. I, I mean, it was within my time here, like 20, 20 some odd years ago that we what are we now to the, the Rushmore state. The Rushmore state. The Rushmore. Yeah. I, mean, the, I think there's three sunshine states. There's Florida, mm-hmm. and then there's yeah. South Dakota, and if one of our listeners knows, they can post it on Facebook. Uh, the third sunshine state. Well, well, it used to be three. Now there's two. You think it might be, oh, Eli thinks it might be New Mexico. I don't know. I, I think, weren't we called the Keystone State for a while, too? I think that was Pennsylvania. Are you sure? All Keystone. Right. It still is. It still is. <laughs> oh, well, wow. we're here this morning with Shauna Hansen, uh, who leads a Bible study at three different parishes uh, here in the Rapid City area, um, and just really responding to God's call in her life. Um, and it's, it is amazing, you know, just to go back to a little bit of your story. Um, we were talking about this in the first segment or the middle segment with regard to the apostolic age and how mm-hmm. people are looking to belong. Mm-hmm. And it caught my attention, like as a young mom in a new community mm-hmm. looking to um, belong. Um, and um, can you just kind of talk about that trying to reach out and include yeah. other families or moms or women or whatever it might be how how that have you seen that and lived that yeah it, it's it's so so important and i think it's a it's a grace and a gift that you have to cultivate if you're going to lead small groups you know uh i think one of the most challenging things when you're leading is one you want everyone to feel welcome right and so uh I have col- I've really worked hard to try to get better at remembering people's names. I'm not good at it naturally, but I think it's so important to call people by name, you know. And so, so yeah, I I, I work hard to be welcoming when people come. I I work hard to um, make sure they don't feel intimidated, you know. Like give them permission to not know. You don't mm-hmm. have to know anything to come to my Bible study. <laughs> you yeah. don't. You can just come. You can listen. I try not to put people on the spot. You know, I used to tutor kids who struggle with reading and spelling. And I learned it's really intimidating for some people to read out loud. So we read the, we read the reading out loud, but always by volunteer. You know, never call on people. Never put people on the spot. You just try to make it feel comfortable. But then one of the things that I think that I learned from Peg that she did so beautifully was ask the right questions that help people build a sense of trust with one another and a sense of community. And when I was a young mom in that Bible study, you know, it was so beautiful to to walk with people on, in their journey. When Once the trust is built up and they're able to share what they're struggling with or you know, and and we can all support one another in that or give each other ideas for how to deal with a hard child or, you know, celebrate how we're going to celebrate Advent in our homes, you know, and well, I did this one year and I did this one year. And then we're pretty soon we're all just exchanging ideas, you know, and then we're all in this together, um, you know, trying to raise our kids well and and live life the way God wants us to. And I think that's how you really you know, begin to build that. So, so some of it, I think, falls on the leader, right, to make people initially mm-hmm. feel welcome and to ask the right questions. But then you just invite the Holy Spirit in and let people start to build community, right? Because they do long for it, right? We all want to feel like we belong. And so once they, they realize, yeah, this is the place, like this is the place where I can belong, then 
They yeah. take it. Have you, you know? seen the, like your Bible studies spill out into other relationships or uh, beyond just those evenings of Bible study into the parish life or into community life or yeah. into friendships? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's one of the goals. And some people just want to come to Bible study all the time and they just want to stay there and they're comfy there and they don't want to do anything. So I always am thinking to myself, like, when is the time to nudge people? Like, it's time for you to like, why don't you volunteer as a catechist? Why don't you, you know, how about taking this or how about you call so-and-so? Sometimes, you know, I see there's one person struggling and I think that other person is, I'm not the person to maybe reach out to them. This person should really, you know, could really reach out for them. I've seen some examples like, I had a young woman who came on my Wednesday night Bible study for a while, and she had experienced a miscarriage real late in pregnancy. And that's such a hard, um, you know, that's just a really hard grief. And there's another older woman in the Bible study who had experienced the suicide of a child. And I thought, so those two, right? The older one asked the younger one out to coffee, and two years later, they're still meeting regularly, you know, supporting one another in that. And so... Sometimes you're just there to facilitate what the Holy Spirit wants to do, and that's what you have to look for. We just got to look. Like, let's look for these opportunities, ask the Lord for them, and help people to connect that first time, and then just, you know, let them go. So Yeah, no, I, I mean, I do think, you know, well, I, I don't think, I know that the Holy Spirit wants to do great things in us, mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. I'm often calling us. As you would say, you know, in and in over our heads, like, um, this is Peg's Bible study. <laughs> Am I, how can I do this? But right. how clearly the Holy Spirit is moving your heart and mind to, okay, there's something about that that needs to be done. And, um, but yielding, I guess, abandoning ourselves to those movements of grace within us. And sometimes it's hard to recognize that in our, mm-hmm. in, in our lives, right? Mm-hmm. You know, coming to know that God is, this is God's work in my life because, mm-hmm. But I think the real mark, the real mark, though, is joy. Like, I get so much joy from this. And I've been doing it now for eight, eight, nine years, right? And and the readings are on a three-year cycle. So I've been through them a few times. (laughs) (laughs) I've been through them a few times as a participant. I've been through them a few times as a teacher. But it doesn't get old. Right. Yeah, that's how I know it's the Lord's work. And that's how I know he still wants me to do it. Because even if it's hard, even if it's, you know, there's still this sense of joy. Like when it stops being joyful, then I'll think, well, maybe, Lord, you're asking me to do something else. You sure. Know? No, but, that, is, that is a great mark. You know, yeah. um, the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy, joy. and peace and patience. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. So, no, that is, that is fantastic. We're visiting here with Shauna Hansen, who leads some beautiful Bible studies here in the local area, especially here at the cathedral on Thursday nights, if you're in the local area and want to enter into a beautiful community of faith and and really learn more about the sacred scriptures and let God speak, right? This is a God's work in Mm -hmm. us. And and one thing is to pray with the scriptures and the other thing is to study. Mm -hmm. Uh, And can you kind of share a little bit about the difference? They're two different things for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, so I try to do a little of both and at the at the studies, but we're mostly study, right? So so when we study the scriptures, we kind of look at things. I always start with, who wrote this book? Why did they write it? Who were they writing it to? When were they writing? You know, just kind of those basic things. So we and what kind of writing is it? You know, the the Bible's not a book; it's a library. Right. So are we reading poetry here? Are we reading history? Are we reading an exhortation at like a homily? What are we reading? You know, and uh, and then and then we look at uh, when we study, we kind of look at the cultural context, you know, Mm -hmm. of some of these things that one of the favorite one of my things that I do a lot that people absolutely love 
is to go back and look at the original language sometimes like the greek word for this you know means like this this sunday in the in the first reading of john we t- they talk we talk about jesus as the advocate with a capital a right in greek paraclete right we see it translated paraclete too well the literal with that is to come alongside someone right so when you, t- when you say that to people, you know, they love that. Like, mm-hmm. oh, that gives me a new insight into, into it. Or, or we try to read it through the eyes of a first century person hearing it for the first time. Like, how are they going to hear it? What kind of cultural things do they bring with them, you know, that make it so much different for them? And then that's really a way to, to I think, deepen people's understandings, kind of open their eyes. and Like, oh, there's so much more here than what I thought, you know. Um, so that's the st- study part of it right but then i always i always end with almost every weekend with you know the lord the lord's the scriptures are alive right they are the word of god alive and the lord has something to say to you particularly in your time in your place in your heart like how is this resonating with you in your life um and that's more the prayer right the prayer part of it you know um um, what what really touched you what really jumped out to you what 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 spoke loudly because the lord's trying Mm -hmm. to tell you something there Right, so take that piece this week, and mull over it, meditate. You know, just kind of stir it around in your mind and heart, and see what the Lord has to say with you. You know, to you, mm-hmm. particular, you particularly. Right, because the scriptures speak to my heart. Right, God wants to speak mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. You know, He speaks to the world, mm-hmm. He speaks to His church, but He wants to also speak to me, to you, right. in, in our current circumstances. And yeah, yeah, no, that's yeah. really, really fantastic. Um. What would you say to some of our listeners out there? Say, uh, yeah, I'm. I I feel maybe I should. I felt for years maybe, or for the. Or I should start a Bible study in my parish. What? Where should they start? You should. You should start a Bible you study. Start a Bible study. <laughs> you feel that inkling in yeah, your yeah, heart, that yeah. movement of the grace. Go. Seize the grace. Go. Seize the grace. <laughs> now, I would say, I would say, go. I'd say, get the permission of your pastor and go, and then get a hold of some really good commentaries. You know, and if anybody has questions about good commentaries, I have some suggestions. But it's really important to to study. I mean, if you're going to teach, study, and if you're going to teach the scriptures, study well. Um, I, I say to people all the time, you know, I had somebody ask me, do you know Greek? I was like, no, no. I don't know Greek. I know the right books to read. That's what I, that's, <laughs> that's if everything that need. I give you is the right books to read. <laughs> well, Shauna, thanks for joining us. Good to visit with you. Thanks for all that you do in our parish and in our diocese. And um, yeah, you're a great witness to Christ and to the church. So we are very grateful to have you here on Real Presence Live this morning. Thank, thank you, you Father. Much. It was a joy to be here. Yeah, thank you so much. Well, we have been having a great conversation about Bible study and speaking uh, about Scripture and the, the deep end and the pool and everything today. But right now, we're going to switch gears after the break and talk to someone who's been, uh, their group has been meeting for 114 years. I mean, is that tradition, I think? I would say they've reached the level of the, tradition. Like antique? Oh, wait, wait, okay. <laughs> wait. Careful. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to find out more about this amazing group during our next interview here on Real Presence Live. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. <laughs> 